and we are live. Bam. Um, bam. The click of the What's button. Up? That's right. That's right. The power of the internet. What's going on, everybody? This is Wednesday, and it's 8 p.m., and you know what that is. It is no longer beyond the badge, behind the badge. We have rebranded because it was just too much. It was too many. So we decided to flip the script, Jay, and we came up with Black and Blue Lives podcast, and that's what we're doing. This is the Black and Blue Lives show. I am Prince Blue. That is my homie, Jonathan Stepp. And if you're just new to this, we are both two retired police officers with over 30 years of law enforcement experience. And we are, this show is uh, focusing on mental health and coping mechanism and police and community. And um, our bread and butter is um, going, to, going forward. It's going to be uh, policing, mental health, and how we can cope and how we can connect and get help to the first responders and everybody out there and how we can connect with the community so we can also see some of the signs out there as well and how we can better serve going forward and we can open up better uh, relations going forward with everybody involved. What is going on, Jay? Man, just happy to be here, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the, the new branding and, um, you know, we got, we got a lot of some pictures coming out. I'm a little disappointed, man. Your, your boy promised me he would, he would Photoshop my double chin and some of these wrinkles and stuff that, that didn't happen. I wanted, I was, I needed, it's always the small people that be worried about the stupidest thing. <laughs> it's like it's like when women be like, women be like, "Oh my god, my third toe is so fat, I can't believe it." And you're yeah. looking like no one cares, like nobody yeah. cares, yeah. like you don't have a double chin, you work out every day, like stop it, like we. we we we're gonna we're gonna talk with confidence here, but he did a pretty good job on the show. Yeah, no, he was great, dude. And, and yeah, we need to give him a shout out, man. That dude was he was legit. Like he did a really good job, and I, I was impressed how professional he was and how thorough he was and what he did. Um, yes, and we will give out that information uh, by the end of the show. Hopefully, yeah. uh, my wife will remind me and give me the information so I could give that out. But we took photos. We rebranded. Everything is good. Everything where's the, where's is the one of us hugging? Didn't we were we hugging or something? Like we were in a brace. I, I think you know? your wife took the one of us hugging. I don't think that made the cut. <laughs> oh, okay. But um, that would never see the light of day. I can't be seen <laughs> hugging Woody Harrelson. Come on, man. I can't be. It's good shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was good shit, and I'm glad, brother. And, and Go ahead. Just wanted. I ran out of space, but I, I looked at my all of my social media stuff, and I think that's Jonathan Step FB is Facebook, right? I didn't know if that's how you at Tog forty two eighty is TikTok. Step forty two eight zero. Is, yeah, is Instagram. Yeah, you weren't supposed to put all that in there, but we'll oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get into. I was that just happy part. I figured out what my like. You're always at. I'm like I don't know what my stuff is. I just yeah, but that yeah. That. You, you, you figure out technology. You just, you just, you just don't know what to do with yourself. But let's get into it. Today's show is going to be very important about not only tonight but going forward. Because, like I said, we're um this show was rooted and it started in about you and I just 
shooting the shit about our mental health issues. Uh, for those who don't know, um, I'm bipolar and major depressive and, um, step here, uh, PTSD to the max. Um, I have PTSD, complex PTSD. And those who don't know, uh, I have PTSD too, but for some reason I never list it. I always say bipolar. Then I say major depressive. Then I say PTSD because for some reason, I don't know if it's a mechanism because I still, I still find a way to find laughter in the incident. So I don't list it as, so, um, I'm going to have to ask around about that, but it's just weird. But like I said, um, we have those two, we have those issues going on and, um, they came to us while we were on duty. Um, Jay, you want me to start and talk about, um, my incident or you want to start with yours? Okay. Well, my incident, um, my incident was there was a um, officer involved accident where two officers were on the road um, during a traffic stop and they were struck by a drunk driver. Um, as, as we all do, whenever you hear officer down, man, we drop everything we were doing. The city was to the streets because we was our, our main focus was on our brothers and sisters. They were really injured. They, they were really bad. They, they were really injured. They yeah. was like, they was re- it was really bad. So we get there. Everybody's setting up a perimeter. Um, they're trying to make sure everything is covered. So the, the one thing I remember about that night was they needed, they needed somebody on Independence blocking off the exit of the Independence and uh, Eastway. And uh, I went there and another officer was already there. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll go. I'll go um, on 77. I guess I'll get 77. So I get down there. I mean, I get on Independence. I park my car, put on my uh, blue lights. Everything else is there. I'm sitting there while they're still investigating the uh, active crime scene of the two officers being struck by the drunk driver. and then. The next thing I know, I kid you not, the next thing I remember where I can actually explain to everybody what was going on was my wife was standing over me. My captain was standing over me. The chief at the time was standing over me and the chaplain was standing over me in the hospital. And I didn't know what was going on. And I was told that I was hit by a drunk driver while posted up on on the road and I didn't wake up and the reason why everybody was there was because I didn't wake up and they didn't know if I was going to make it or not so were you were, were you you were in the car right you were sitting I was in the car inside the vehicle I was inside the vehicle correct yeah. Do you remember the hit? Do you like? Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't. Oh, you're remember just standing just. And then I don't. The last thing I remember was me checking to make sure everything was good. Me getting back in my car. Then the next thing was those four individuals standing over me in the hospital. That's all I remember. Were you I, buckled I, up? I was. I was buckled in. I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything. All I remember is me going down to the going down there. And then me waking up in the hospital. I I can't give you any details 
whatsoever except what people tell me and after that it it was a it was a major recovery for me because i had i had constant migraines i had constant um i had memory loss to this day i still have memory loss um i still i still forget i, I still forget a lot of things um i still have to put in the uh, address to my house no matter what i always i could from my from my daughter's school to my house i i put it i put it in just in case cuz wow. i just i just never know and um from some some of my ptsd symptoms from uh that accident is i'm i'm a very i'm a very conscious driver which sounds weird cuz you're supposed to be a conscious driver anyway but i'm like ultra conscious ultra conscious to the point to where if somebody is overly aggressive to towards me my wife would tell you like i i get road rage i get upset because mm -hmm. my thing is i've been there i've been not waking up so you're getting mad at me cuz i'm trying to be careful like i get super angry if people are careless on the road to the point where my wife is like honey you got to calm down honey you can't get out of your car you can't yell at people you can't fight <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's really it triggers me like bad, bad driving, yeah. uh, people getting mad at me on the road like it. That's those are really some of the trauma and triggers that that accident continues to haunt me to this day. And, you know, I still continue with my therapy. You know, I'm on multiple medications. That's those are just and that's just one incident in my police where I've where my PTSD started and I, i'm i'm still struggling with it to this day and these are one this is this platform is one of the things that helps me yeah get it out and meeting you my ptsd brother in arms mm -hmm. you know we could talk about this stuff and it feels good because you have your own incident jay please yeah well, before that if you haven't seen blue's car it's it's on facebook instagram that car i mean basically and you know this. You're looking I'm gonna to be pull alive. up a picture. I'm yeah. gonna pull up a picture, Jay, while you're telling your story. Because because that car, I mean, just think I've been rear rear rear-ended. Rear ended. Yes. I've been rear-ended and uh I felt I thought my whole back end was to be crashed in, right? So I got out of the car and I'm like, oh shit, my neck's hurt. You know, I got a I had a light concussion and some some a neck injury. And I, I got out, and there was literally no damage to my car. The, the bumper was creased. But I'm like, people don't understand. You're sitting still, and that car is coming at 55, 60 miles per hour. Do they, do they estimate the speed that vehicle was going? About 75. Dude, and so you're sitting still, and you have another vehicle that's 3,500 pounds, whatever vehicle weighs, in, in street. What kind of car hit you? Do you remember? Do they say? Um... I believe it was a it was a it was a truck. It was an SUV. Damn. So you get hit sitting still. There's no way to and it's almost good you didn't look up and you might have and just not remember, looked up and saw it coming. They actually said me not seeing a car and not flinching saved my life. Yeah. Because if, if I look at that vehicle, I've seen vehicles vehicles with less less damage and been a fatality. So 
so you're lucky and you're fortunate. And that's, that's just, like you said, that's just one of the tra traumatic and that, that didn't go into your shooting of having to shoot somebody and, and stuff. So, nope. so, and so what happened to me is it was March 20 and, and the thing that, do you remember that date, the date of the wreck? Um, yes, it was December 12th, 2012. Yep. So that's the day. So I, I, it's hard for people to understand. So for me, I equate March 26, 2016 is kind of AD, uh, BC. So before that is like BS, like before the shooting and after the shooting, because life for me changed dramatically after that shooting. So, uh, I'm, I'm actually, I called at the time, I called, called my wife and was like, hey, I was a shift sergeant in Steel Creek. I called my wife and was like, hey, uh, third shift dude's here. I'm going to cut, I'll be home. It, it was a Saturday night, day before Easter. I'm like, I'll be home in like 20 minutes. So, <clears throat> got a phone with her, told her to throw me a you know, cold drink in the refrigerator. Uh, and by the time I got a phone with her, priority one goes out. Uh, you know, party one ADW one shot. Well, my guys are tied up on a, some LFA, lost you from auto, jump and run, foot chase on South Boulevard on the other side of the district. So, Steel Creek, 62 square miles, is a big district. My guys are tied up up there. So, at the time, uh, the third shift sergeant, I was in change out and said, Hey, step, go home. I got it. I was like, Well, the lieutenant was working over, uh, Andy Harris, who was working late shift. He, he was a night owl and like to get into stuff. So he was like, Hey, I'll go to that call. And I'm like, well, I'll go with you. He said, no, I'll go home. I said, well, I'll go with you. And if nothing to it, or when we, everything's secure, I'll bounce home. And he said, okay, cool. So me and him, he's a Lieutenant. I'm a Sergeant. We both go. It's light rain. March 26th is raining 10, 10 PM. Uh, you know, we, we run e-traffic. We don't ask the race of the suspect or the, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the thing. we don't say, Hey, is a black guy. We're in drive slower. No, we, we, we just fucking go. We don't ask because we don't care. We don't care if it's a white, black, Asian. Spent. We're going to help somebody. So we drive as fast as we can. Bless us, Iron. Uh, we pull into, uh, it's off South Tron. It's a Honey Hill Lane. It's a, uh, a townhome complex. So it's a U-shaped townhome. We pull in. You stop short. You don't drive to its location. I'm asking headquarters. There's, there's a dispatcher who's training. My headquarters, I'm getting an update. No. Do we know what he's armed with? Is it a pistol or is it, is it a rifle? You know, that's pretty important. No, we don't know anything. So we get there. Fire's already 23. They got the red light, you know. So everybody knows the police are on the way. If the fire's there, we're, we're shooting behind. So it kind of blows our, uh, our, uh, our, you know, sense of surprise. So we get out. We're walking through the parking lot. We're clearing cars, guns out. You know, we're looking for a victim shot. We assume... You know, you always think, well, you, you always have to prepare for the bad guy to be there. But most of the time when somebody's shot, first thing they shoot somebody, they, they fucking bounce, right? Or they run. So we assume the bad guy's probably gone, but we're, you know, guns out. We're checking cars for the victim, trying to get address. Uh, uh, so me and Andy, we're walking through the park a lot. No cover concealment. We see a guy come out of the apartment, of the uh, townhome. He has his shirt off. It's cold. Uh, he appeared to be amped up. And I was like, Yo. You know, got my gun kind of low ready. I'm like, yo, bro, who's been shot? And he ignored me. And then I'm like, maybe ask who, who's been shot. Or I probably ask, hey, who's got a gun? Who has a gun? You know, trying to get a response. He 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 uh, blew me off. Him and it, there was a he he came out of the house. His vehicles 
Oh shit, there, there's the car. Look at that car, man. Yeah. Golly. That's that takes a hit. That takes uh, that that's not I mean, that's not a fender bender to say the least, man. I'm telling you, when I got hit, no damage to my car, I thought my, my whole trunk was gonna be bent in and there was no damage. It it takes that's that's metal, those crown vicks are or yeah, just looking at that. Yeah. Oh I, yeah, I'm I, sure that, that gives you all kinds of emotions. Yeah, I'm sorry, Steph. I didn't no, even no, know no. it was gonna do that. All right, no, go good. ahead, go ahead, brother. I'm so, sorry. So we get out. We're sure the guy comes out. I'm like, yo, who's got a gun? He ignores me. Him, and his girlfriend are going back and forth. It's like, no, don't do it. So his car's parked facing the uh, the front door of the uh, townhome. So at that point, we're like, you know, we punch out. Shows your hands. Get your hands up. Well, he runs to the so. We start running through the parking lot, no cover, no concealment, the only option. He jumps in, and we're about 10 yards from the car. We'll punch out, giving him commands, and he jumps in the back seat of the vehicle. And I'm like, shit. You know, you know, all this shit's playing in my mind. I'm like thinking, he's going for a gun. But I'm like, well, wait. You know, you, you like, just in case, you know, what if he jumps out with a kid or a wallet? or So we have my gunpoint. A lot of people, action's faster than reaction. So this is a great scenario. You know, at the time – uh, we didn't have tack lights, so I had my, my flashlight in my left hand. You know, I was probably punched out like this, giving the command, show me your hands, get your fucking hands up, hands up. And everything's slow motion. Next thing I remember, he comes out, low light, muzzle flash, pow. Mm. So I, everything was slow, pow. But everything, so within the first three to five seconds, about 50 rounds were fired between the three of us, just pow, 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 pow. I mean, pow, pow, you. I've got it on video and it's just pop, 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 pop. it sounds like a fucking automatic fire. So what happens is when he gets out, the first round he shoots, he shoots my lieutenant who's standing two feet to my right in the chest. And I don't remember how I knew he got hit, but I knew, you know, he got hit and everything's slow. And I'm thinking, I'm like, shit, this is really happening. You know, you know, everything's slow. And every time, every time I see the muzzle flash, I'm like, fuck, I'm hit because he's, LT gets hit. He goes down, gets to cover. I'm trying to get to cover. I'm backpedaling. Pow, pow, pow. And I'm, I'm just slapping the fucking tree. You, know, you go to the ring, shoot two rounds and five. No, I was. No, just, no, 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 no. Pow, 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 pow. And he, he's, he's got cover and concealment because the hook, the trunk's up and he's behind the bumper. So he, he's, he's at, a, at an angle. So he has a cover and concealment of the vehicle. And, you know, I have 15 rounds of the magazine, one in the chamber where you have 40 caliber Smith & Wesson MP. So I'm putting rounds out of pop, 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 pop. I mean, just as fast as I can trying to get separation. And, every, just, and he's doing the same thing fast. But everything was in slow motion. And every time I see that muzzle flash, I'm like, fuck, I'm hit. I'm thinking to myself, fuck, I'm hit. Fuck, I'm hit. Because every time, you know, he's trailing me, pop, 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 pop. And it's just happening so fast. And I'm going back. And if you know me, I'm, I'm – I'm not, I know I'm pretty clumsy. So what, but what happens in the house stress situation, you, you learn about this in training. You don't understand. Yeah. You, you, you're going to fall. If you backpedal, yeah. you're going to fall down because you, you're, you're, you're focused. You got tunnel vision, <laughs> you know, your, your extremities are, aren't thinking, you know, you, all your attention is going to this. So I'm backpedaling trying to get the cover, but I'm trying to put rounds on them. And I could tell that he's taking some rounds and uh, he, he kind of goes down, but he keeps shooting and I'm going down and I get, and I go down and, and, and and I go dry, and first thing, you know, what's crazy about training, people don't understand, train hard, train like you fight. I don't remember having to do 
a mag change. I did the mag change. So it's just instant. What happens to your light when you need to do a mag change? You're like, fuck that light. Mm-hmm. You know, you're back in it. But when I went down, I'm like, fuck, he got me. I'm hit. But, and you know, and all this is playing slow. I'm like, fuck, I'm hit. We're still exchanging rounds. So I'm shooting up at this point, trying to get up from the laid back position, bah, 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 putting rounds on them, getting up and my lights there. So I don't, I don't have light. So, but uh, I'm like, fuck, you got me. I'm still alive. Keep shooting. You know, don't give up. Don't, don't ever give up. You're, if, if you're breathing, you can pull the trigger, fucking fight. So I'm, I, and I, you know, that's my, I'm a fucking, I'm a fighter. I'm going to, I'm going to, if you, you might kill me, but you're going to have to take me out. So I'm putting rounds out and we, I go to, to cover behind a car. Uh, and what I didn't realize with, uh, you know, one, one of the best things I could, I, I afterwards is, is you could really relate to is, uh, you know, on killing and, uh, what's that other one that the, the, the army general or what's his name put out about the psychology of, of, you know, you're going to experience hypervigilance tunnel vision, audio exclusion. I experienced all that. So, and I get a cover. We're still exchanging rounds. And the only thing I remember is like, I look down and I'm bleeding. I'm like, fuck, I'm still alive. I might be hit, but I need, you know, I'm in the fight. So people are like, what are you thinking about your kid, your family? I'm like, no, I'm thinking, I want to kill this motherfucker. I know my partner's hit. He shot my partner. I don't know how bad he is. I might be hit. I got to take this motherfucker out. So, uh, I go prone, put some rounds on the car, pop, pop, pop. Went to SWAT school years ago, and they, they taught us, hey, somebody's taking cover behind a car. Uh, Lieutenant Grossman. Yeah, actually, Gene actually gave me the, the uh, CDs. I, I think I still have them. Bulletproof Mind is excellent. If you had been in a shoot, any for police or military, that's an excellent uh, read. So I put rounds on the car, pop, 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 and he took some frags or whatever. So we exchange rounds. This goes on for a few minutes. I'm running low on ammo. I do another mag change. Gun's getting light. I, I combat load. I have one or two rounds in my mag. Stick it in my waist. You know, it's training. You know, you don't think I need those rounds, but I, I want a full load. And uh, I'm like, where the fuck is everybody at? I hear sirens, but where the fuck are they at? It's and, like an eternity. Yeah, and and unbeknownst unbeknownst to me is there's officers on scene. And, you know, they're calling it in, hey, shots fired, shots fired. And, and I'm like, and I've got audio exclusion. I'm sorry, you know, I'm, this is my world right here. And, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and all I'm thinking is like, okay, step. Yeah, you know, we're exchanging rounds. And I'm like, just don't get hit in the head. I just don't want, I knew this, this is a computer. And if he hits me in the head, I'm out of the game immediately, right? I could take some rounds. I thought I maybe had some rounds, maybe in me. Who knew? Fuck. So we exchange rounds. Long story short, officers get there. Uh, more rounds exchanged. He, uh, one of one of the guys who ended up being my on my uh, CRU unit, Jake Carroll arrived, and one of the only officers who advanced towards the suspect. The officers had cover, so I understand why they moved. But he he was able to get in a position. He fired a round. Uh, we, we fire some more rounds at the suspect. Someone said, hey, he's down. Uh, I was out moving up to go get my light. And I was a little concerned because the, the, I thought about, I've got to get to Andy. Andy's fucking hit. The, my, I've got to get to Andy. And I'm like, i got to just charge this motherfucker. And I'm like, if I go left, his girlfriend is going to call me out and be like, hey, here he comes. 
And I'm and and apparently what he was doing was like, hey, you got me. I surrender. I'm hit. I'm I surrender. What he was doing is buying time and he's reloading. So he's reloading max. He had extra ammo. So I'm like, fuck, this is gonna suck. But I'm like, I'm gonna have to discharge this motherfucker and go wide. And I've got to, you know, me and it we're communicating on the radio, communication port, and he's like, Yeah, I'm hit. I mean, I think it's in the vest. And then he's like, No, I'm fucking hit. I got a hole in me, you know, basically. And you can start hearing the panic in his voice. And so I'm like, fuck. So once they say he's down, I, I run and go get my light to go low, to go wide, to take him out or do whatever I have to do. And I was fully expecting to take rounds, but I'm like, what are you, what are you going to do? You I've got to, to, you got to go. You got to fucking, and, it, and, go. and it, people are like, were you scared? I'm like, well, I knew this was going to suck. <laughs> it's like when you hit a house, you do work. This sucks, but you don't feel but you it, do it after you're like, fuck. So I'm, I'm like, fuck. So I start going, they're like, oh, let's get back up. So I, I, I toss my, my light. You know, I pick it up and and toss it like a kind of like a flashbang underneath the car to hopefully distract him. And I come around the corner, and he's fucking laid out. You know, his, his teeth. I thought his brain matters. His fucking teeth. Uh, his eye was. I don't know where his eye was, but it's probably like three or four blocks away at that point. <laughs> but but he's all fucked up. And but you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, I, I, the guys come up, and I I, I remember trying to grab him the handcuff and to flip him over. And I just, I slipped because he was just bloody. He was just big piles of blood everywhere. So, so a couple of officers uh, took care of him. And I'm like, I was all fucking jacked up, dude. You know, I'm like, you know, it was like I had 27 pre shots of pre workout. And I'm like, clear this whole fucking house, stack on me. And, you know, like, and I'm sure the door's unlocked and open. I'm kicking in the fucking door, <laughs> trying to find this guy. I'm yelling at that, that go, get him the fucking ground. You know, I'm, I'm all jacked up and, uh, we go clear. We find the victim. I remember going to this is like so. Watching the BWC, I didn't have one, but my uh, other officers did. And, and uh, Officer Carroll was like, "Hey, step." Uh, the victim said they're in. They're in. You know, they're calling back. I'm like, "Where's the victim? We gotta find the you know victim." Y'all, you know, I'm all. I'm like, yeah, the victim's in here, and I'm just you know just so <laughs> jacked up, like ah, you know, full of adrenaline. <laughs> and then we we go to the door where the victim is. And you don't know when somebody gets shot, you don't know if they're suspect victim, suspect, suspect. You don't know their stats. So we open the door. Hey, show us your hands. He's sitting, you know, this, this gentleman's standing over him. I'm like, I said, where's your gun? You know, you don't ask if you have, you usually, where is it? He's, I don't have one. I'm like, all right, show me your hands. He said, I've been shot. I'm like, where are you hit? He said, in the dick. I was like, all right, keep your hands where they are. <laughs> because he, he, I was like, keep your hands where they are. I was like, so, so, the, so apparently this, this good Samaritan saw the guy, you know, yell for help and and the suspect shot him and then he ran this good span he let him in and we cleared the house and uh so what happens is immediately you know scene secure i call home be like hey i've been involved in shooting and you know and talked about her experience with that i'm like i believe i don't know if i'm hit so we'll check and, I was, and what happened is when i fell down like a clumsy guy and my arm was bleeding and it was wet so there's blood coming down so, but I didn't, you don't know, like, cause you hear, you could get shot and you don't know. Yeah. Like, so you just see blood. Yeah. So then they take you, all right, you're out of the game. They, they pair you with the sergeant. They take you down to LEC, you get a drug test and you're in a room alone. I'm like, Hey, what's the status of suspect? They're like, he's dead. I'm like, fuck yeah. Fuck that motherfucker. You know, he tried to kill us. And then like, Oh wait, he's not dead. I'm like, fuck. You know, I'm honestly like, I felt, you know, I was angry that someone tried to kill me and shot my partner. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm fucking angry. So they seclude you in the room and then, you know, Three or four hours, your attorney comes. You don't know what's going on. The, the attorney comes up like, yeah, we're not getting a statement. Tell me what happened. 
and then you go home. And so I got home. This happened at 10, about four in the morning. So, uh, of course, my my wife and kid were up. They're freaking out, you know, still still upset. And I'm, I'm still in the red, man. You know, and so what bothered me, it started, and I should have known immediately, is that happened on a Friday or Saturday night. Uh, I got like two, three hours sleep. Next day was Easter. I told the story 37,000 times within two weeks, right? So everybody was calling me, a lot of support system. Chief Putney at the time he called me. Uh, he was deputy chief maybe then. Was he chief? I don't know. But uh, so there's a support system there, but I could not get it out of my mind. Constantly replaying, 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 constantly. I mean, I go to the gym, it's replaying, and I'm like, they don't understand what I just went through. And, and I'm back at work. So that happened. So Saturday into Sunday morning. Sunday morning, we go to Easter. My parents come down to check on me. Monday, I do a walkthrough with the detectives. And this shows you a lot of people like, well, the officer said he did this, and the camera show he did something. Dude, I was like, they're like, how many rounds? Like, like how many rounds? I don't know. He fired when you were from? I was like, 10 or 12, and I shot like six. I was like, where were you? I was like, there's a car between me and everything. All you care about is survival. So you're not, you're not, you all I care about is where the fuss, the, the suspect is where my partner shot and how I'm going to survive. Right. And, and the, all these little things you don't remember. So you don't, like, you don't remember if I shot 10 times or 15 times, you don't remember. So a lot of people say, oh, that's proof the officer's lying. No, it's just, you don't that's, remember. That's life. That's get, get in a fist that's fight you know, when you're in high school or get in a fist fight and then try to, okay, with my right hand, I did, you don't, you don't know. You don't remember. So, so it was just, it was fatiguing to say the least. So, Monday, I do the walkthrough, eight hours, you know, met with my attorney, uh, do the walkthrough. Uh, things look different at, in the daytime. Uh, Tuesday, I was off. Wednesday, I had an a, a appointment with the psych. I went to go see the psych, which is like check the boxes. And she asked, you know, I started breaking down about some other stuff that finally was coming up, you know, about some not being able to save people or people who died or I'm trying to help people when they die or get killed or burn up in front of me or whatever. So uh, that comes up, but she, oh, you're good to go to work. So, you know, by Friday, they're like, all right, come, come shoot eight rounds of a piece of paper and you're good to go. Okay. You're good to go start work again. I was like, well, shit, you know, and I'm thinking I'm not, and mentally I'm like, fuck, I'm still jacked up. I'm fatigued. I can't get the, the, the scenario out of my mind. And, but I like, fuck, I got to go the sooner. I go back to work, the better I'll be. And so I remember going back to work and, and I've said this before, Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's weird how you're more comfortable in the same chaos that's causing you the mental agony and the mental stress. And that's the thing that people don't understand yeah. when they be like, you, you police do this, do that. You all stick together. You all do this, do that. Well, when you're when you go through traumatic experiences with somebody it's like any marriage. There's a reason why it's hard for you to leave your loved one or you constantly be in a a relationship that everybody around you is like it's not good for you or they don't understand the dynamics of it. It's because you share certain things that nobody else can understand. When you're when somebody is shot next to you they're forever 
ingrained you. Like when I got in my when I got in my shooting, like me and Skipper will ever be intertwined. Like we will ever, we will forever be. Like I will always remember him. Oh yeah. Because pretty much, I saved his life. I saved my own life, and I saved other people's lives. I live with that. Like that could have that could have went really really bad. It, like what you have to remember is even with your accident, you know I think things. What if that was somebody else who had their car positioned ten feet back or at a different angle? They might be dead, or they got out. They didn't have their seatbelt on, you know, and they got tossed through the windshield. So, and that's what I have to same thing is like. What if I didn't go? You know, what if you just went home when they like, sent you it, home? I'm, I'm go. I could go home. I'd go home and drink a beer, right? So, so, but that would. That's what people don't understand. When when the call goes out, you go, right? If you're going, get ready to go home, or you know, it's out of your district. You 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 go because you want to help. And and probably the, the first thing from your mind was, I'm gonna go to the. I'm gonna get hit by another drunk driver. It'd be knocked out, critically injured, and end up in the hospital. That'd be you. You know, like in the back of your mind, shit could happen, but. You don't not, think about like, it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I mean, always the back. Hey, I could go to this this call. The suspect could still be there. We'd get a big shootout with him. You know, 82 rounds fired. Three people, three people shot. You know, you like this is the back of your mind. But when it happens, it's surreal, right? So, yeah. But that's why training is important. And then, and then what what suffered is just you know the next call I go to, I get back. I'm like, all right, I got to stop car get out with people. And I remember riding down Red Roof and Nations Ford, and I had my window down. Cops right around with the window down so we could hear somebody shooting at us, right? Right. So this guy's like, hey, coming from the parking lot and Red Roof and Nation Ford, a little high crime era. And he's going like this. Well, I'm like, I'm in a seated position. I'm unbuckled because I'm going slow. And I'm like, I punch out the window. I mean, really getting ready to smoke this fucking dude. You know, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he, he's reaching for his wallet to get his ID. He wanted me to check him to see if I had warrants. But I'm like, fuck, man, that was close. You know, I'm gonna smoke this motherfucker. That, that, that's the first contact I have with somebody is they're reaching like this, and in my mind, it's like it's about to happen again. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. Then we had a but you but you know what's and you know what's weird perception is, yo, he pulling his gun out on people. Blah blah blah. Did you know I just fired 82 rounds and my partner was just shot next to me and critically injured. Had a big Did hole you know it. that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you hey. don't know that part. That's that's the thing about trauma, PTSD. Mental health, like it, it, it doesn't stop. Um, sometimes I argue with if it gets better. Um, sometimes it's 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 always there. It's just you find ways to cope with it. You find ways to manage it. Now tell me, Jay, what was what was some of the day to day things that you go through to cope with that and not run it through your mind as much? What are some of the things you do? So, one, it, it, it became, it was such a distraction. I couldn't focus. Uh, you know, I have a side technical business. You know, I couldn't answer questions. I could, because my whole mind, I didn't feel normal. You know, at the time, you know, I, then they put me over soon after. I was over, like, a street crimes unit. We did, you know, drug interdiction, violent crime apprehension after people on scene. You know, we, 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 we did cool stuff. But I didn't feel right. Or normal unless I was in a takedown or search warrant. I needed. I was in the red all the time, hypervigilant. And the only time I felt normal was when somebody was trying to kill me, or I was in a foot chase, or I had to pull my. And I and I felt like I I could operate really well under those circumstances. Well, the problem that concerned me was 
I was worried about an overreaction, given that incident. That guy reached, then I shoot him, I go to prison, or I, I hurt an innocent person. I don't want to do that. You know, I, I can't live with myself through that. So I started trying to distract myself with like making videos. So TikTok, you know, that's when I started doing TikTok. It started bothering me. You know, I, I was, you know, my, I was quick to anger. All this classic signs, signs of PSD. I couldn't sleep. I'd wake up punching my wife in the face. Not because I was mad at her. I'm, I'm in a dream that I'm fighting somebody. Somebody's trying to get my gun. Uh, you know, I'm wrestling somebody. I'm yelling out. And, uh, you know, we had two officers killed in the 90s, 94, uh, John and Andy. And what, what kind of sunk home is my first name is John. Lieutenant Harris, his first name is Andy. So, John, so people refer to John and Andy, and it kind of clicked like shit, dude. You know, and then I went to the uh, – we had five officers killed in Dallas, and, I, and me and 11 other officers went to that – to the wakes and the funerals, and that was overwhelming. I remember it, that one. Yeah, man. and I was like, that could have been – not not, but that could have been Andy, or that could have been me, or the responding officer. Uh, and that was scary. And then – so it started sinking in, and and then you have to distract yourself. And then I was – you know, I couldn't sleep. I was waking up with nightmares, waking up in cold sweats. I was constantly feeling like someone's breaking the house. Uh, I'm threat assessing everything, like the predator. You know, I'm looking at threat, 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 not threat, threat. And, I, and everything, I don't care if I'm going to the grocery store and I'm off. Everything I did, and I was in that constant. And I, a lot of times I still am in that constant state of hypervigilance. It, it, it got so fatiguing. And then, you know, four, four and a half years go by. In October, I reached out to the department. I'm like, I can't do this. I need help. And I was begging, like, I'm hurting. I broke down. I'm a grown man. I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a tough guy and a real cop. And I love being a cop. But I, I was, I was done. You know, I, I hit my threshold and I was being, you know, quick to anger with my kid. Uh, you know, it affected my family life and I needed help. And when I reached out to the department, they just, nothing. They brought me home, took my gun and there was absolutely nothing. October, November, December, January, I, I retire February 1st, get diagnosed the 16th of October with PTSD, complex PTSD. Uh, not Nothing other than people that I was friends with. My command, they moved me to uh, University of Shift Sergeant after my TikTok. They suspended me for 30 days for making TikTok videos, which is still not a good one against policy. I'll argue that to the day I die, but... Uh, it, I had that, that the next day, the, that chain of command, the captain, lieutenant, a couple of sergeants reached out to me that I knew that, that was, that was really helpful. And then my command from Still Creek were supportive, but other than that, nothing, no, nobody, Hey, we're checking on you. I had to get all the help myself. No one gave a shit about me and they just cast me aside. And that really pissed me off because they talked about the department talks about one of the number one pillars is officer wellness. Where is it? They didn't do anything. They didn't offer any help. They, if it wasn't for the psychologist that at the time was a contract to the police department, I don't know where I'd be. You know, he, you know, I was able to see him and get some stuff. He's like, you need help, you know, and, and. At one time I used to think that maybe it's just that the department doesn't know how to handle it because remember PTSD didn't really come prominent until soldiers were like, throwing grenades into their command staff's tents and soldiers were coming from Iraq and going into places and letting shooting and going off. Then they, you know, they started putting, um, they started putting a name to it. 
And I was thinking, but now, you know, I'm to the point where there's no excuse. And you have to you have to be able to see the signs more and you have to think past. Oh, it's going to be another officer off the street. And you have to start thinking of you can't have people out. You can't have pretty much. Uh, trained police officers that are armed and can be potentially dangerous out here, not in the right mental mindset. That to me, that's more important than you may or may not have a full shift on a certain night because yeah. it doesn't matter if you have if you have an officer that's not mentally stable, he's not worth a damn to you anyway. Yeah, and, and oh, I was, I, he's like he said, you don't need to be. On the street, I'm like, you're right. But I'm like, I don't want to screw a sergeant or lieutenant over having to cover my shift. And so that was a struggle for me because I didn't want to mess, you know, screw anybody else over. But I knew that I was at that point, I was so, you know, fucked up and I needed help. And, and but it you, takes a lot. People don't oh, understand. Yeah. It oh, takes yeah. a lot to ask for help. Four it and takes a, half a years. lot as a man, Four especially and a half. as a man. To ask for help, four and a half years plus before I could, and I, I knew right away. I'm like, "Fuck, man, I'm something's wrong." You know, I'm, I, you know, felt like I'm broken or damn. I didn't understand it. I started doing research and stuff about you know, what's wrong with me, uh, but I needed the counseling right away. And and what really bothered me is not having the support. So it, I, I, you know, I had to get put on medication so I could sleep. Uh, you know, so I mean, it's just, it's just. People don't understand the toll it takes. You know, and it's not only that. It's that you know, a year later we're in another shooting. The 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 dead bodies, the car wrecks, the dead kids, the the trauma, the people you can't save. Just the constant shit is just overwhelming, and it it's just it's, it's just tough. So, and that that's a picture that really started it for me. So that's a passport photo, and. I need to renew my passport. There this is. is a photo. And when I saw that, I'm like, who the fuck is this dude, man? Look, to me, it was like the the pain in the eyes. It Not to equate what I did with the Marines on Guadalcanal or Irojima or anything, but just that look, that tired, it's like, it scared me. Like, you know, like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you see it, but that's that's not what I normally like you know, who's this guy? Like, like, who I didn't recognize it at that point. I'm like, man, you know, I need help. But I knew as soon as I asked for it, it's taboo to say, hey, I've got issues. I need PD. Because I knew and it happened. Take your gun, throw you to the side, and nothing. There's no help. You're on admin leave, figure it out, get clearance to come back or don't come back at all. And there's no there's no one who reached out. To this day, no one's like, hey, thank you for your service, the captain or major, anybody from the department. Said, hey, thanks for something. Thanks for your service, or thank you for 21 years of your life, or thank you for being, a, you know, trying trying your best and putting our department over family and everything else. They just cast me aside, and and now I'm struggling with. I've called HR for the last month and sent emails, and they won't give me my 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 badge, my retirement. Oh, badge. they won't give I me. I got my, an answer. I got an answer for that for you, buddy. Yeah, it's for the um. They do the uh. Let me stop sharing this. They do the uh, the banquet uh, once a year in March. So the closer you get to March, they're going well, to send you out an invite and say 
you're going to either accept that you want to do the banquet or decline. And then well, that's, that's what I thought. They'll give it to you. I thought, but the problem is the people that retired the same time as me already have, they called, they got emails and calls and saying, hey, we're not having a banquet because of COVID. And they already received theirs. That's when I started. Well, well when did you get yours? Like two months ago. I'm like, okay, well, why, why are I getting mine? I retired. I, you know, I get a pension. I didn't quit. I didn't get fired. I retired. And I, I have a career I'm proud of. And and so unless they're doing something different for, for me, but they won't re return my call or call me. So, but that, and that yeah. hurts, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm this way. And, you know, because of being dedicated in the job that I did, you know, if, if I was shot in the line of duty or, or hurt in a wreck, uh, they would, you got your, you know, you, you were injured, medically retired, you, and you deserved it. And it was a physical injury and, it, it, you know, and, and the stuff that you like, there's no difference of what, what I have in a physical injury. You know, this, this, this has been detrimental on, uh, you know, on my marriage with my relationship with my son. And, and I, I don't know if, yeah, I mean, that's why they're hurting. And people have asked me, Hey, would you recommend CBD to a friend? Absolutely not. Uh, if you don't have the support of the administration, absolutely not. And it's and that's tough. a shame because there was a time where people would be like, um, I would be proud. Like, hey, where you work? Oh, man, I work, I work CMPD, man. Greatest fighting force in the world. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. you know, but now it's just no, I, I, I can't. I no. cannot. I will not send anybody. I will not recommend this job to anybody. I will not. I will not do it. I will not be responsible for somebody getting hurt or mentally checking out and getting themselves hurt or somebody else hurt. I just will not. And before, not. if you did your job, as long as you did the right thing within state law and policy, you're good, right? It didn't matter the appearance. And and I've said it before. I I really like Chief Putney. Some people don't like him, whatever, but most people do. Is if you do the right, he's got your back. There are some instances that came out that looked bad, perception, but he's he stuck up for his officers. This new administration, it's all about perception, right? It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. and this is not just my. This is what mm -hmm. the the uh, apartment department's reputation is by other officers, and and they won't release their their survey because they know it's shit. Uh, mm -hmm. FOP did a follow up survey. And what what one to nine percent of officers are happy or recommend this department? That's horrible. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. And and the, until you change the culture, uh, nothing nothing changes. It, and uh, Melissa Baker asked, at what point did it start to going downhill? Um, it started going downhill when checks started getting wrote, uh, written, uh, lawsuits, um, perception, um, riots, um, money. Uh, from damages to uh, businesses and things of that nature, then it became, I don't care what the public does, police are always wrong. Or yes. if you're in the right, we have to find a way to, we have to find a way to critique you to placate to the community. And people and that was driving officers up a wall. You could do everything correctly and they will still find a reason. And it got to the point where we would find, you know, armed robbery suspect vehicle. We'd sit up on it. Suspects would come out. 
they would, we'd do a takedown. They'd ram us, trying to hurt us to get away, reach for a gun that they thought, it, thank God it came loose. You know, and I'm getting ready to blow this guy's face off. He's reaching for a gun so he could kill me. And I, and I curse and get ridden up. Not say, hey, good job arresting eight. That month was, was like 32 armed robbery suspects, me and my unit arrested, like three murder suspects and 12 or 15 other cases. Not good job catching an armed robbery suspect, vehicle and stolen you, car. You know how much of a kick to a dick that is? Oh, yeah, you, not good you job. You do a big bust like that and, 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 and you get ridden up because you curse. I'm like, this motherfucker's trying to kill me. Yeah, I fucking curse. And believe it or not, so if, if, What's the Family Feud get? Steven, Steve, what's, what's Steven, uh, the guy from Family Steve Feud? Harvey. Steve Harvey. He's a funny dude, right? So, but he he gave his last stand-up uh, performance in Las Vegas. It was, I think it was a few years ago. But he talked about dealing with kids, kids. And one of the, one of the examples he gave was, you know, usually you say, hey, son, get down. You have to put the fear of God in him. You have to say, get your... In his words, get your black ass down for the fucking cast where I beat your ass. And then and then they get a response. So same thing in police work. Sometimes people don't understand, sir, put your hands up or drop the gun. It's show me your fucking hands. Don't fucking move. I'll blow your fucking hands. That sounds bad. But what I'm doing is is de-escalating by using uh, – trying – a lot of people – You're going like, to step up. You're getting their attention. And, and you're trying to not have to kill that person. If people think – how many people have you could have? I could have killed a lot of fucking people if I was like, hey, I just want to kill somebody. If I didn't today. yell at him. Yeah, if I was like, okay, I just want to kill somebody. He's reaching behind his back for a gun. Oh, hey, pie, motherfucker. All right, cool. I get two months off. It's not what people think. Hey, motherfucker, get your hands from behind your back now. All right, all right, man, chill. Yeah, and you get that response. And, and then on video, oh, it didn't look good, and they throw you on the bus. But yeah, they don't say, hey, as you know, Sergeant Step and his team were arresting an armed robbery suspect, he used. He told them to show me fucking hands or shut the fuck up or something, and you know they don't put they just write you up. So all so in that file for that month that I, we arrested like 32, 33 wrong robbery suspects, three murders. The only thing in my file for that month is I cursed out a citizen. I'm like, well, well, thanks, you know. So and then after that, things went downhill. So what went downhill with me is the lack of support, the nitpickiness, and I felt like I was. Someone's wrong with me because I only feel right when I'm in action. And then so instead of noticing, hey, you know, so. Now, what what I will say, now, what, what I will say, what went downhill for me, we, it's so weird because in my decade as a police officer, you know how they say when you're like isolated on light duty and stuff like that? I swear, I'm. And this is the part that I really love and I get goosebumps talking about it. I've made friends with a great group of guys and officers that I swear to God on light duty. Like it was never a time that an officer came in the office and didn't blue. What's up blue? What's going on with your case? How you feeling, bud? What's going on? Hold your head up. Like, People don't understand just how much that means. Like, yeah. even some supervisors will, like, come off and, like, talk with me a little bit until they have to, you know, go out and do supervisor stuff. But it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not everybody. It's the top that's not learning from the guys that's not underneath them, but the guys that's really, really putting in work and, and protecting and upholding the values that 
that's a punchline to the people up top that that the guys underneath them are upholding because they're doing it. It's the supervisors. It's 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 the patrol officers. It's that corroborate. It's the reason. It's it's the it's the reason why patrol officers are so tight and so so put together when it comes to protecting each other, protecting their own is because nobody else will do it. And leadership is disconnected. And you're a sergeant. Your hands are tied because if you get a brass that's really trying to be a dick and they want you, they got their eyes on a couple officers, they start putting the heat on you and then you feel bad because you know this officer. You're like, this is a good officer. Yeah. I'm not about to put heat on him. Yeah, they, my guys would, you know, almost always do the right thing and I would battle them and I would, I would, you know, I loved my Lieutenant at the time. He was a uh, Sergeant major in the army. Still is. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I would go toe to toe with him and he'll tell you, you know, I'll, I'll get frustrated. I'll take up for my guys. My guys never got jammed up for doing the right thing. And, but what would happen is I would end up wearing it. So I would end up getting a violation for some bullshit. You know, they'd make up something. Uh, and, not from my lieutenant, but from the higher ups. But, but I, I was fine with that because my job is to make sure my guys go home first and make sure they they're protected. I'll take a hit to protect my guys, and that's and that's what the leadership and and a lot of and there's some good sergeants and lieutenants out there, but that but they're they're few and far far between. Everybody cares about looking up and impressing the people up above them. And I'll tell people all the time, I would rather when I had my retirement party, you were there. I had. Hey. I had well over 100 people during COVID, and you know, a couple lieutenants, a captain showed up, but 90% of the people who showed up were cops. Man, they were yeah, who worked for me, and and that meant more. I said I'd rather have the respect of my guys who worked beside me or under me than a, a captain or a major or whoever, because you know, uh, I, I that's that's that was just me. But how do you deal with it? And, and, and what bothers me is I look at these officers, you know, Metro Division, and some of these people, they're hurting, man. And they're show, they know they lose off-duty. They can't come forward but ha what, because the department has a culture where they don't make it okay to, to need help. They don't want to, you know, and, and the best oh, thing they had no. going for them was she Dr. E, the, the, the psychiatrist uh, that was working for the contract of the department. This is the best thing they had going for them. And what did they do? They booted them out because – they wanted him to tell people, hey, the admin and, and HR, why, who's coming to see you and what their issue is. He can't do that. That's a, you can't do that. And, and, that's, and this is and this is the shit that this is the stuff that that pisses you and I off because I, I can't stress enough. Mental health is something not to play with. And if you got officers that are mentally uh, fatigued and they have PTSD and other mental issues and you're yo-yoing them like that and they feel like they don't have anywhere to go, guess what they're going to start doing? Guess who's going to start being their therapist? Alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drugs. You, you find that escape. Activities. You risky behavior and, and yes. destruction behavior. Destruct so, and, and ultimately, the department they 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 failed me and people like me. There's other people past me that needed help, and they they just cast them aside because of the stigma. And I knew I remember going to before I needed help. I remember driving to the office, 
And I'm like, this is the last time I'm going to be in uniform. And I was, and I was at the point where you know, I, was, it. I knew it and I was fine with it because I'm like, I physically and mentally can't, can't do this anymore. You know, unless, unless you, you know, I just couldn't. And, and that was a big, that was hard for me to ask for help, you know? And, um, but what do you do? You ha- you have to get it because I didn't want to be, you know, how many officers commit suicide or how many, those images and things that play in through your mind. And, and I mean, and then what's really important to, uh, you know, our podcast we've had, we had a couple of people reach out and even, um, uh, a longtime friend reached out who her husband, square away dude, storybook couple, uh, married, you know, beautiful couple, uh, successful. Uh, he was in the military and started having issues. And, you know, she watched the podcast, especially the one with the wives on and got in and it got it because they were dealing with the same problems that our LEO wives were dealing with. And it reached a chord with her, but it gave her hope. And, and so what we're doing is important. We don't do this to say, hey, we're cool and we've done this or that. It, it's to, to rep people so people recognize what the public safety officers, firemen, we had the firemen on a couple months, you know, good dude, the issues they deal with, EMS, police officers. Uh, so if you have issues, buddy check, if you have issues, ask for help, reach out to us. Uh, but the worst thing you could do, it doesn't get any better without help, right? You, I could – same thing with you, Blue. You could put it off as long as you want, but like, hey, it's going to just after, after time, time's going to fix it, and it doesn't, it makes it worse. Absolutely. Um, and um, like I said, um, I want anybody that needs help, please um, uh, reach out to somebody, talk to somebody, um, talk to a professional. Please. Um, Make, make it anonymous. And if you want to reach out to me instead, please do. I promise you, we we don't. Whatever you say to us, it's like it's oh, like yeah. old police. It's like the fraternity. Like. We'll point you in the right direction. We don't like like Steph said, we don't do this for anything other than the help. Um, Like that's why that's why we made it important that we vulnerable. We put all our issues out on the table. So therefore. There's nothing that anybody could be like, well, they, they they're acting like this and they're that. Well, we know that we know Prince is bipolar and major depressive and had issues while he was at the police. We know Step uh, had issues. Uh, he has uh, complex PTSD. And he had issues while he's at the department. We know uh, Prince has been uh, suspended. We know uh, Step has been suspended. So there's nothing there's no it's full transparency here people this this is this is just what we do and we're going to continue to do it and we're going to um fight the good fight for you all and please um keep supporting and for those who don't know um we launched a new uh um um for those who don't know uh we um we launched the podcast now it's on Apple is is available on Apple Podcast. So please click and subscribe the podcast. Please, that helps us leave 
Leave a comment, leave a review, leave a rating, please. I'm about to show it to y'all right now for those who are watching. It's very simple. I'm about to share the screen with y'all. Boom. You do that. Hit the entire screen, the window. I'm about to share it. You go to your podcast. Boom. My podcast is about to pop up any second now. My internet speed is luxurious. Uh, there it is. Boom. Uh, it's loading as we speak. Um, there are a couple we want to see all. Um, you're going to go to me and John's podcast, which is where is it? It is where is our podcast, Jay? It's not up. Uh oh. Are we done well, one yet? Did you put? That's not. Yeah, I did them all. Huh. got banned. Oh, I guess it didn't. Uh-oh. That fast. We got banned. Oh, man. Well, it was fun while it lasted, folks. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. seriously. Um, Just just go to the podcast. Type in uh, Black and Blue Lives. It will pop up. Um, you we'll post, we'll post links on us. Leave a rating. We'll post links. Yeah, and we're gonna just do, leave a, I'm, work, I'm working on a on a Facebook. Oh yeah, um, just, and just leave okay. a rating, and um, we'll we'll be done. Um, hold on. Uh, we got Adam Me Fitness and Gaming. He has a question for us. He said, "Hi, can childhood abuse and trauma cause adulthood mental issues?" Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Adam Me. Uh. Let me tell you something. Uh, PTSD doesn't come in one form. It doesn't come in one. Uh, trauma doesn't come in one. Trauma can be all things. It doesn't have to be a shootout. It doesn't have to be an accident. It doesn't have to be. It can be abuse. It can be physical abuse. It can be mental abuse. Hell yeah, it can manifest itself into and, adulthood mental issues. And I've been doing a lot of research and, on stuff and talking to people. Most Mental health issues are tied back to trauma, which are between the age of zero and eight. So, so any you know if, if it's you know witnessing a DV or death of a, a loved one, or you know abuse, physical abuse. So, but most most of it could be uh, child trauma. A lot, lot, lot of the issues you have as an adult. But so yeah, I mean there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, you know some good people on YouTube that I watch and but. You know, get help, talk to somebody. I mean, I, I was surprised when I talked to people how much the issues that I'm having now, not regardless of my PTSD, of, you know, childhood trauma. So of, of different incidents and stuff. So, but that affect, I'm a grown man and I'm 40, I'm, I'm 27 years old and, <laughs> and I still have issues. So at 27, no, I'm, I'm a little older than that, but I'm 42, but, but it tied back to, you know, your 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 makeup of who you are and your personality from zero to eight. So that's when it made. But a lot of people have issues dating back to childhood, and they don't realize that the issues they're having now, as a grown man or woman, uh, are tied back to childhood. That's a that's, I'm glad you. That's that's a good question. That, that, yeah, that was a definitely yeah. a good question. Okay, I think I figured it out now, people. Here we go. I'm going to share the screen again. Uh, Michelle says 27 my ass. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh at that. That was my go. joke of the day. Podcast there. 
There's can y'all see the screen? It's loading. Can you see the screen now? Who's that big dude beside you? Oh, wait. That's me. Boom. There it is. All you gotta do is click the following. Boom. And then there you are. There are. There are all the episodes that we've done so far that we've recorded. And there are the ratings. Click yeah, the rate. No, not yet. We're unrated. Nobody, no, no, so we're rated. unrated. We're rated so X. Come people. Get going. The more ratings, the more people support us, the more people want us to go to things and want to see us out and about. And don't wait till we get popular and then y'all want to your autographs. Y'all want us to sign stuff because we going to remember that stuff. But nah. But thank you, everybody. And oh, the end on the note, Jay. I tweeted out a picture of um I tweeted out a couple of our pictures um and asked people like to name the movie, like give a title of a movie if we were in it, a title of the movie or um of the show and what would it be about? And I said, and I want you to hear a couple of responses and tell me which response you think is the best response. I got uh, uh, Lethal Weapon, 25th Century. I got, um, let me see what else I got. I got um, In a World Where Podcasting is Run by Overweight Frat Boys, uh, two ex-cops look to take down and tackle social justice issues along the way while they stop for donuts. Join Prince Blue and Jonathan Stepp in the thin blue line. I got Black Thunder, White Lightning. <laughs> I kind of like that one. I got uh, Step Brothers, uh, the interracial version. Um, what else I got? Uh, I kind of comes to mind as like, what's that uh, Brothers or whatever with, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and then Danny DeVito? Oh, twins. You talk about twins? Yeah, yeah, I got could... that one too. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else I got? I got we got Family Matters. <laughs> we got um Ebony and Ivory, the uh the military version. Uh we got a couple I'm not gonna even say. Uh we got um we got the thin blue line. Uh what else we got? Um we got low budget jingle all the way to <laughs> so I guess I'm Sinbad. <laughs> we got um what else? What else we got? Don't forget um, you gotta give your boy a shout out that did the pictures, man. They were they turned out really well. Oh yeah. Okay, here we go. Um salt and pepper. Oh, the person that did our photos was Carter Carter Photography. Carter Photos, and you can find him at www.carterphotography.com. He's great. And he showed up in a bag this big, and he and he had I don't know how he got all that stuff in the bag. I was I was amazed. He squared away, but that's 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 how he does it. That's how um he's very professional. He's very good. So please, th uh, I like to thank him for the photos, and I like to thank everybody for um joining us tonight um i hope everybody 
um, got something out of it. And if you didn't, the most I hope that you got out of it is get help. Check on your check on your people. Just, I just ask you to just check on one person. One person. That means, that means a lot. And if you, yeah, and you know, I'm okay. No, be like, push them. Are you sure? You know, I had, a buddy, I had a buddy be like, are you sure you're okay? Step, I know you, you know, you, you're, oh, well, I mean, you got to push a little you, bit. You know how, you know normal responses from people that you talk to a lot. Like if I'm talking to Jay and if I say, if I say, hey, Jay, um, I just got a brand new gun and um, it stinks. If he says, I don't care, I know something's wrong because he cares. He'll be like, what kind of gun is it? Where'd you get it? How much was it? And how fast can you disassemble it? That's how he'll respond. So I know something is wrong. And we'll talk about in future episodes about some warning signs and mm -hmm. cries for help or things to organize and then some coping mechanisms that helped us so right. you know if it's so you got to tune in like our episode ask questions if you ask a question uh, if you can't see the live ask it uh online or one of our social medias in war you know if you read my 57 word line right there one yeah. of those and and we'll, we'll address it so if you got issues yeah. let us know and this affects not only charlotte but every agency mm -hmm. or every you know, medic and if you whatever. and if you did miss the if you did miss the live, this episode be, will be available for download tomorrow. Um, so make sure you make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share, and enjoy. And we will see y'all next Wednesday. I'm at Real Prince Blue on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. He is Jonathan Step on Facebook and TOG4280 on TikTok and Step4280 on Instagram. He's white. I'm black. <laughs> uh, get over it. We're playgirls. Right. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. We will talk to you soon. Be safe.